That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Design is really within you. It's really about being yourself and understanding who you really are. The more you do it, the better you'll get and be okay with making mistakes. It's really part of the creative process. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have designer and vintage art stealer Gladys Tay. Gladys loves to look for things that are uncommon and bring life and character into a home. In this episode, Gladys shares how it took a while to admit she has an eye for design because she didn't study it in school. However, it's always been a natural and intuitive part of her. She was encouraged by her dad to explore her creativity, and he taught her that it's okay to be different, to break the rules, and not to conform to the norm. These days, Gladys is the one to encourage people to take risks and to keep an open mind that when it comes to design, it's okay to make mistakes. The more you experiment with your own style, the better you get. Her personality is as bright and as colorful as her personal style and decor, and her design philosophy is one I think that many of us can get on board with. Do whatever you want, play, and don't worry about the trends. Oh, and if you're hoping to hear some tips on where to find vintage art and decor, or what to expect when going to an estate sale, you're going to love this episode. So let's welcome our guest, Gladys Tay. I love how you are just living life boldly, (laughs) colorfully, creatively. It's so fun to look at. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think that's how life is supposed to be, colorful and fun. Yeah. Have you always felt like that? Like from when you were a little child, have you always loved color and fun and design and creativity? Yes. So when I was a child, my dad traveled a lot for work. And when he comes home, he would always buy me things that I can't find in Singapore. And this is one of the most memorable memories I had. He was in Hong Kong for work and he bought me this red backpack for my first year of grade school. 
And this backpack had like different zipper compartments that I could organize my stuff. And he got me um, a Hello Kitty pencil box that had buttons on it that I could press and the eraser will like fling out. And there's this compartment for my ruler and it was a built-in sharpener. And I thought it was so much fun to be able to go to school with such accessories and color to express myself. Because in school, we all had to look the same. We had to be in uniforms, wear white socks, white shoes, and whatever ribbons I want to put in my hair, I was only limited to three colors, blue, black, and white. Of course, all the moms were just going to the same bookstores to buy all the necessities, like you know your notebooks and your pencil. So everybody looked very similar, and that's kind of what they wanted. So this was an outlet for me to be who I am and have a little bit more fun in school. Yeah. And your parents were okay with you going outside the box a little bit, expressing yourself that way? So my Dad is sort of a rule breaker. <laughs> He's not really, he doesn't really conform to the norm. So in the early 90s, Singapore government decided they were going to ban all imports of gum and chewing of gum. And if you were caught, you would be fine. And my dad didn't really care. So every time he traveled for work, he would still bring in boxes of gum. And if he went to Japan, he would bring back the most fun and attractive gum because Japanese food has the best food packaging. And if he came to the US, I always was like, Papa, you need to go to the store and please get me that pink bubble gum that looked like a tape. I didn't know what it was called. And so he always did. So he naturally nurtured this in me that it's okay to be different. It's fun to love the uncommon. It's okay to not conform to the norm and break rules. So basically do whatever that makes you happy. I love that. <laughs> Go dad. So when did you move from Singapore? You're in Minnesota now. Correct. I moved out here in the early 2000s, but I've been in the U.S. for vacation since I was 12. My dad would come here for work and he would bring me and my sister and we'll be here for a couple of days in Minnesota and then we'll go to the West Coast or we go down to Florida. So I have experienced this American culture and lifestyle before I moved out here um, and I knew what I was getting myself into. And did you like what you were getting into? Yes. Moving to America? I love the American culture. It's so different and it's so open and there's so much freedom in America. And there's four seasons here. I love the change of seasons. In Singapore, it's one season and it's hot and humid all the time. And back then when I came here, the Mall of America was like the biggest mall in the world. And they had Camp Snoopy in there. So, I mean, I was 12 and I walked in and I was like, there's a roller coaster in the mall. I'm so, I'm, I'm moving out here. I want to be in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best place ever. I need to be here. <laughs> yeah. So you are a designer and a vintage arts dealer. Yes, correct. This sounds so fascinating to me, especially the vintage arts dealer part. What does that mean? What does that work look like for you? That work is really about looking for things that are uncommon, things that are different, things that can bring life and character into a home. I'm assuming you naturally have an eye for finding the uncommon and the unusual. 
Where are you finding things? And then is this mostly for you to bring into your home or are you helping other people bring these pieces into their homes as well? I'm finding all these things like online. You could look at Craigslist, auction houses. There's Facebook marketplace that a lot of people are using nowadays. Um, Estate sales. And in the summer, there's garage sales that you can just drive by and stop and look. And all these pieces that I bring back, some are for sale. And some has somehow made it into my private collection. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And if I'm looking for things for people, usually I would never put it online because then, you know, that might cause a little bit of stir. And if somebody wants this and when I'm finding things for people, it's more private. You know, I don't really share that part a lot because it's more for that person and the personal reason why they want that certain things. But if it's something that I'm buying that I'm just going to list online and it's for sale for everybody, I would just style it in my home and I would just put it out there for people to see. That's so cool. And your home has these beautiful pieces, like these large scale pieces of art (laughs) from the large to the small Mm -hmm. and like a big Coca-Cola bottle, (laughs) right? Just these big pieces. Yes, yes. (laughs) I love playing with scale. I love anything oversized because it's dramatic. It creates interest and it represents who I am. I'm dramatic Mm. (laughs) and it's so much fun, you know, and it's such a conversation piece when people come in and it's so easy to just like, oh, what is this? And you break the ice and, you know, and you go on and on and on about, oh my God, I used to love this thing when I was a kid. What are some of your favorite pieces that you have in your house right now? Um, I love my dominoes that I have mm-hmm. that is downstairs right now. Uh, my hand chairs, mm. that's my favorite. And my Verna Payton chairs that kind of looks like a little S shapes. I love pieces that are more versatile, you know, that isn't just a chair. It could be a chair. It could be a piece of artwork. You know, dominoes could be a display piece on a table or on the floor. So you can work all these pieces in so many different ways. Yeah. And when people come to your house, are you like, don't touch? No. Don't touch anything? Or are you just like... Yeah, do whatever you want. But they usually would freak out. Yeah. (laughs) We had friends over and I haven't seen her in a while. And she came over and we had dinner and I was like, all right, why don't you go downstairs? I'll make tea and I'll break it down. And they're always sitting on the floor. I'm like, why are you sitting on the floor? And I was like, we don't want to like mess up anything. And I was like, no, 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 no. Do whatever you want. You can put your tea here. You can sit on the couch. But people are a little bit worried. Sometimes they come over and I'm like, no, do whatever you want. Put your foot on the table, on the stool, anything. Do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. You have some dogs too, don't you? Yes, we have some dogs. Do you ever like look around and they're on top of this big, beautiful piece of art and you're like, no. <laughs> no. <or> <laughs> <laughs> they they are pretty good. They're much older and they they do understand. And in general, whatever I bring into the home, I have to bear in mind that I do have pets. So let's say if I bring in a piece of furniture and it's for sale, I would not display it because sometimes people are allergic to dogs. So usually we'll just keep it away from the puppies. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but they're pretty good. They get it. They understand the rules. So did you study art or design in school? You know, my dad was always like infusing these little pieces of artistic things in me. And, you know, he would ask me like, okay, um, do you want to take this paint class with this lady? She just came back from the U.S. Um, She has this new painting technique that she does on the walls with sponge. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I signed up for class and it was like a two-day class. And I learned how to paint the walls with this technique. 
And then I bought all the brushes and the paints and the sponges. I went home and I painted my whole room pink. And I loved it so much that I continued painting into the living room and the dining room without telling my mom. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say a word, yeah. but I secretly think she is very happy that I decided to move to the US because then I would stop destroying her home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you move with your dad to the U.S.? Yes, he moved out here first. He decided he wanted to be based here for work. And then I just moved out like six months later. That, that's where I've been. So design has been such a natural and intuitive part. You know, I never really give it much thought. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay. And then I was just do it. And a lot of it too is we run our business from home. And so a lot of things that I buy, I would curate at home and I would style it at home to show people the full potential of this piece that you can buy this and you can bring it into your home and it doesn't necessarily need to be a chair. You know, it could be a piece of art that you place in your living room that could be this statement piece for your home. So it was just doing a lot of that and really not giving much thought into it. Two people was starting to ask, would you come to my house and would you design this space for me? Or would you find this particular thing and help me find the perfect spot for me in my home? Then I start to realize that, oh, okay, maybe I do have an eye for design. But it took me a while to admit the fact that I could be doing this too. So it was a lot of just getting comfortable with the idea that I really could do this because I didn't go to school for this. It was just me like, okay, I'm just going to come in and like shuffle a couple of things together. And it's like, ta-da. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is such a talent to be able to either in your own house or go to other people's houses to style it. So is that just like a gut thing for you? Like just knowing how to hang artwork, where to place things on a bookshelf, that's just like instinctual for you? I think a lot of it is instinctual, intuitive, but I think everybody could do this. Mm. I think design is really within you. It's really about being yourself and understanding who you really are. The more you do it, the better you'll get. And be okay with making mistakes because when you do it, you're experiencing it. It's really part of the creative process. And when we are living it and we are experimenting and we are experiencing it, that's when you get to know yourself really, really well. And that's when you consciously will be able to create your own personal style. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Do you have any tips that you would ever share with people on some of the easiest ways to change a room? Is it like through art? Is it through plants? Is it through textures? Is there anything like some of your go-tos that you love to use? I would always tell them, play with what you have and maybe keep some things that you're kind of tired of and then think about what you are very inspired by at the moment. It could be because you just came back from a vacation and you love how the resort looks like. And take it from there. It could be from the blue skies or the brown sand from the beach and bring a little bit of that into the home. And it doesn't have to be something very big that you have to commit to. It could be just changing up the curtains. It could be just bringing in some new artwork. It could be changing up the pillowcase. Start with that and play and see how you feel with the direction that you're going. And it's okay if you don't like it. You know, you can always change it up in a couple days, a couple weeks. It's whatever that makes you happy. Yeah. Are you having fun working in this whole design world? I love it. It's so much fun because every day is a different day, especially in the vintage world. You don't really know what to expect. I love going to estate sales because you never know what you may find. And sometimes you think you might get there first, but you're not. And sometimes you think the pieces might be gone, but they're still sitting there. So it's so unpredictable. If someone has never been to an estate sale before, what are your like tips around finding the estate sales? And then when you go, here's what to expect or here are some things to keep an eye out for. Say if someone's never gone to one before. I would say keep an open mind when you get there. I would say bring cash because they love cash and you have more bargaining power that way with them and get there early too. Because that's when you know all the good stuff may be and you have a better chance of getting what you want. So do people usually list like we have sterling silver and we have paintings? They'll list so you'll know what to expect when you go? So you kind of get the gist of it. The more you do it, the more you understand, okay, what kind of people live in this house? You know, what kind of style this person likes and Is it for you or not quite for you? And if you feel like, oh, it's not really my style, I don't think I might, then maybe not go. But if this one looks like a 50-50, maybe there's something pretty good, definitely get there early and stand in line. Use the bathroom before you stand in line. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't be like me. (laughs) Are you seeing like the same people? Yes, we do see a lot of the same people. But it's harder nowadays because you go and everybody's in masks. So you don't quite know who, but you do see some familiar faces. But to be honest, when you're at state sale, there's no time to talk. It's like, 
oh, hi. And then you're like, later, I got to go this way. Because you're yeah. like just rampaging through the house, finding things that you want. Because if you're not fast, somebody else is just going to come by and scoop up that thing that you want. If you go to estate sale, it will be a nice thing to wear gloves. Oh, smart. <laughs> wear gloves. I mean, everybody has to sanitize and all. But wear gloves and... Don't go in your fanciest clothes. Like just yeah, because some of these houses are so old, so it can be very dusty and dirty in a way. So gloves and being comfortable shoes too. It's so much easier to rampage through the house and find whatever you want. Yeah. You're not thinking too much. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. So in your home, I saw that you had posted something on your Instagram that you said that you cleaned your home every Sunday. Yes. So we do that every Sunday. So I'm very spiritual. I believe in cleaning the home, um, having it organized, and to start a fresh week with a brand new mental slate. So we do that every Sunday. And because we deal with vintage things, some of them do hold energy in it. Not bad energy, but everything does hold some sort of energy in it. And it's a nice way to clean and clear whatever you bring into the home or whatever issues you may have experienced in the week and start a fresh week with a new slate yeah. and not thinking about the past. Yeah. And do you have rituals around that? Usually for Sundays, we would clean the house physically and then we will burn, you know, sage or palo santo. And then I would definitely take a salt bath because salt has cleaning properties that will help cleanse your body mentally. And on a regular basis, every day I would work out and I would meditate too. So those are very important things for me to keep my mind clear. And no matter how stressed or busy or how many things I have on my to-do list, I need to sit down and meditate and just shut down and be quiet. And it's a great way to train your body and mind to listen, to be still, because that's when you intuitively would get answers. Because sometimes when there's so much noise, you don't know which direction to go. And then when you quiet yourself, that's when you get your inspiration and your ideas and your answers to what you need to do next. Mm. So that it's very important to me. And that's my everyday routine. If I don't have time appointments in the morning and I don't get to meditate, I would do it in the evening before I go to bed. Mm. So yeah, it's a must. And have you always done this since you were younger? I think in the past two years, it was very difficult for me to sit still. I always had to be on the go, 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 go. But I've learned, especially during the period of COVID, when we had all this time to just be at home, it really forces everyone. It forced me to stop and pause and reset and think what you really, really want to do with life, what's best for you. And that's how I picked up meditation. And that has been the best thing ever. So I would say it's just been about a good two years that I've been strict and religious about meditation and cleansing the house and whatnot. Yeah. And when you guys set up your house, did you use feng shui? So we practice feng shui too. So that's a very big thing with us to understand what the year of the energy is going to be like and how it will affect us personally with work, family, our relationships with our friends. So not necessarily placing the furniture in a certain manner, 
but it's more about how we could try and get the energy moving in the house. Because, you know, there's some areas, I mean, it's the two of us, and I have to admit that we don't use the entire space. And sometimes certain areas of home could feel stagnant. And then so we would do certain things or place certain things to get the energy moving around the house. And certain things are just more important to us is like the placement of the bed. How do you want to place your bed? So that's really important. And we also figure out what the energy of the year would be like. And if a certain star would fall in the area of the house, we would know what we need to do. So like last year, the southeast area of the home was where this, they call it the fallen star. And we were not allowed to make any renovation decisions. We could not renovate that area at all. So we did want to change the windows in the kitchen and whatnot because it was old. And we just couldn't because of where the star had fallen. When you divide the house, the section of the area, because if you do, then it will disrupt the energy and it could cause misfortune and whatnot. So we just kind of left it alone. So that's usually mostly what we do. We, we don't want to wreck havoc if we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and move the energy of the home. Where has the fallen star fallen in this upcoming year. I don't know if that's how you say it, but... <laughs> yeah, it's just to keep it simple, we call it the fallen star. So this year, the fallen star is right in the middle of our home and it's in the right middle of everybody's home. Yeah, so for us, it's really simple because it's the staircase. So we're not doing any renovations, nothing like that. And we're done with the bathroom. So we didn't have to worry about where it's going to be. And to be honest, I think we personally have control of how we want our life to be. No matter how it may look for you astrologically, you have the power to decide how you want the year to turn out. It doesn't mean that if this year doesn't look too great for you, it's not going to be a great year. But if you mentally tell yourself, it's going to be a great year, I'm going to get all these things accomplished, you know all your goals and you set all your intentions, it will be a great year. As you look at the year ahead, do you then pick just one area of your life that you want to focus on? Or do you have different intentions for different areas of your life? Um, I usually pick what matters to me the most. So like for me, it was like, you know, during COVID, that year was really about resetting, thinking about what I wanted to do for myself and healing. And then last year was, of course, the intentions of how I want to progress with work and how we could expand the business. But last year was really about making men's within all my relationships, with my friends, with family, um, trying to improve things with everybody. And that was my goal for last year. And it was an amazing year. So that was accomplished. And this year, so I've done that personally for myself and for my family. And then I feel this year, I'm 100% ready to focus on my work, on career, and do whatever I want this year. Do you like using social media to be visible and be out there and show yourself, show your work? Is that a comfortable space for you? Yes, I love it. So I started Instagram, I think 2015. It was like a creative outlet for me. And then during that period of time, it was really about showing that I like to work out and I like to eat clean and, you know, my vegan diet. I was just sharing a lot of that. 
And then we moved in this house and then we started renovating and all the DIYs and whatnot. And then I started to realize that, oh, people want to know more about my house and what I'm cooking in my kitchen. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I started sharing more of the home and I did try a little bit of blogging, but it was just too dry for me and I'm not very good with my words. So pictures are more fun. I could have more creativity. And it was also such a fun way to be able to express my design philosophy. It's just basically do whatever you want, whatever that makes you happy. You know, don't worry about the trends. Don't get limited to the do's and the don'ts, you know, and it's really about playing and, you know, you could bring this one thing home and mixing and matching with the new and the old and things from different styles and different eras. So it's been really, really fun. It's a fun, creative outlet. And you get to meet so many people on there that has the same passion as you. So that has been very exciting for me. Do you ever buy anything new or are you mostly buying vintage used items? Do you buy anything new or is that not for you? I usually look for vintage, but my big thing about new would be my mattress and my pillows. Those have to be brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about energy in items. Exactly. Because you don't know who has slept in there and who has passed in those beds. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So bedding is very important. It has to be brand new, like pillows, blankets, clothes. I love clothes, but I would not wear somebody else's underwear. No, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of them are cute, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> So, that one does feel like a no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For yeah. me. Yeah. For me. So pretty much I would buy anything vintage if it catches my eye and if it's cute yeah. and it's my style, I would totally go for it. But bedding, beds, pillows are a big no-no for me. Yeah. So Gladys, one thing that we talk about on this podcast and with Hunker is how we believe that our homes are expressions of our identities, of who we are. Mm -hmm. and our homes tell our stories. Mm -hmm. So if someone didn't know you and saw your home, how do you think that they would describe the person who lived there? How does your home tell the story of you? I'm a very colorful person. I love being dramatic <laughs> and happy. It's a happy home. I'm happy and it's joyous. Anything I bring in here is always good and happy and colorful and fun. So. That's how we live our lives over here. Yeah. It sounds like you from what I can see and know so far. Thank you. <laughs> everything is positive. You know, everything negative, there's always a positive side in it, you know, if you're willing to see it. So that's how I choose to see it. Yeah. So I think that's how I reflect my design too. Everything is bright, it's happy, it's positive, it's fun. Yeah. Let's put that out in the world. I love it. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong to design. You do whatever they, whatever you want that makes you happy. There's no do's and don'ts. Whatever you love. Whatever that makes you happy. Do you find that some people find it hard to trust in their own intuition or their own ideas around their homes and what they want to bring into their homes? I think a lot of people do. I think there's so much commercialized pictures that we see there's so many magazines that tells you oh do this don't do this there's trends come and go and i think a lot of people sometimes get confused and get bombarded and overwhelmed by what would actually 
work for them. Yeah. So I always just encourage people, you know, take risks, keep an open mind and do whatever that makes you happy. If, if pain makes you happy, by all means, paint the entire house pink. And if black makes you happy, yeah. paint the entire house black. So there's no right and there's no wrong. Yeah. I think people are just afraid to try sometimes. They're worried. So, and I always tell them, you, you just need to do it. The more you do it, the less scarier you get. And the more you do it, you'll understand what really works and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Let's make 2022 about that. Taking risks yeah. yes, and doing what makes us feel happy. Exactly. Let's do it. Yes, and keep it positive. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing year. 2020 will be an amazing year for everybody. Let's do it. I love <laughs> hearing that. <laughs> it will be. I know it will be. Yeah. I just have one more question for you sure. as we're wrapping things up here. So our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. Mm-hmm. What does being home mean to you? Being home to me means being surrounded by the things that you love, things that bring you joy and makes you happy, Um, a space where you can be silly and be yourself and do whatever you please. That's home for me. I love it. Thank you. I want to come visit your home. You should come. (laughs) You're you're welcome here any day. I'm serious. (laughs) And what is a nice thing to bring to someone's house if I want to bring in some good energy besides, you know, our own energy? What shall I bring? Let me think. I think you, you are the most important person. You don't have to bring anything. Just you and your big, fun, positive energy is more than anybody else can ask for. That's what is most important. I love that. Gladys, <laughs> it's been so nice talking with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. I really do. Aww, thank you, Gladys. To learn more about Gladys, check out her vibrant, colorful world on Instagram at the Gladys Tag. Or head over to our website, GladysTay.com, where you can get inspiration from her design tips and ideas, see what's in her shop, and learn about other lifestyle content, such as fashion and food recipes. Be sure to visit our show notes for direct links to where you can discover everything that's going on with Gladys Tay. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.